today on Give a Fuck. And since we still consider a group of podcast beginners, I just wonder, are we doing this right? Having launched our podcast in early November, uh, we could already count at the end of the year uh, almost 100 subscribers. I had the pleasure to talk to a podcast expert who can give me a proper definition of podcasting culture. The question isn't, what am I going to get out of this? The question is, if nobody listened to this, would you still be bursting at the seams wanting to talk about what it is you want to talk about? One, two, one, two. Ahoy. Bonjour. Ciao. Hello. Hola. Oui. Hello. Welcome to Give a Fuck, a podcast exploring what matters in culture, media, advertising, and whatever else we feel like discussing. So after we released our first season of this podcast, we got a pretty good response from a lot of people. People from work, friends, and family. Everyone's like, wow, you made a podcast. That's really cool. I really like your podcast. But then I was seeking for a very honest answer and I was asking people, what do they really think about this podcast? The majority said, uh, oh, uh, I don't really listen to podcasts or, oh yeah, podcasts are back, but they're cool, but they're not my thing. Which, I don't know, that gives me the impression that nobody really listens to our podcasts. But ironically, there's evidence that people actually did. Having launched our podcast in early November, uh, we could already count at the end of the year uh, almost or nearly 100 subscribers. This is Mary Ule, our corporate communications manager at Havas and also a contributor for the podcast. We had more than 340 unique website visitors. We had an own website launched, uh, gibfuck.net, and uh, 1.3k uh, page views. And we had more than 50k impressions on social media, which is not a terrific success, but still, I think we achieved more than most of the podcasts that are being launched nowadays. And especially 2020, last year was a very tough one to establish new formats in a very oversaturated content pool, I believe. So now for a new season, we will of course um, learn from our made experiences and we will further develop our contents and I can only say be excited. So given the fact that due to a recent study that shows that 80% of Germans don't really listen to podcasts, I wonder who are we talking to? Or where is our audience? And since we still consider a group of podcast beginners, I just wonder, do we really know how do podcasts work? Are we doing this right? And most important, how can we really define the podcast audience? Hi, my name is Juan Leguizamon and welcome to Give a Fuck. In today's episode, Podcasting for Dummies. We have a very insightful episode for you, especially if you had no idea how to start a podcast. So stay tuned. Give a fuck. I'm going to admit it. I'm not ashamed to say it. 
I have no idea how to do a podcast, but I know I enjoy doing it. Having the chance to chat with my team and pretend we're journalists, having to write these episodes, connecting with people, finding out something new and share it with others. But is it enough? Is that enough of a purpose? I had the pleasure to talk to a podcast expert who can give me a proper definition of podcasting culture. His name is Matthew Passy, and he is in fact a podcast consultant who helps individuals, brands, and small businesses to develop, produce, improve, and promote podcasts. He's also the host of a couple of really good podcasts called Cospods or Podcast Me Anything. So basically, like, so so you come from a, a radio background, right? So correct. How do you transition from from radio to to podcasting? How do you feel about the the two mediums? So when I first got into radio, podcasting wasn't even a thing. Um, I was working for a talk station in New Jersey, uh, helping them in the morning newsroom. And while I was there, was when the Apple launched the iPhone and they actually announced the first podcast store, right? Podcasting existed before them, but there wasn't like a central location to pick them up via Apple. So while I was there and this podcast store launched, I turned to my boss and I said, huh, these are interesting. I bet you we could do something useful with this, um, you know, as a way to distribute our content. And my boss basically was like, look, if it doesn't cost me anything and I don't have to do any more work, sure, go ahead. And so we packaged our early morning news on the broadcast. We would do news from like five to 5.30. I would record it, strip out the commercials, some of the timely elements of the traffic. And we released that as our first podcast. So that was my first foray into it. After that, I went to work for a larger media organization that actually was doing podcasting in earnest. They had been pretty ahead of the curve. And so half of my job was to do radio ports. The other half of my job was to do podcasting. And I was there, thought I was going to be there for a long, long time. Figured this was going to be like a, you know, long-term plan of mine. And right when I thought that I was actually going to get promoted and do more in the podcasting space for them, they decided to exit the radio business and they cut everybody radio podcast and the whole team was just laid off in one big fell swoop and so at that point i am looking around and i am trying to figure out what am i going to do next um and in the meantime while i was trying to apply for jobs um people that i used to interview for the last job that i used to do podcasts with were like you know we actually found a lot of value in those podcasts that we did with you is there any chance that you could help us to produce those? And I figured, yeah, I've got a computer. Why not? Like, this is easy enough. I'll just figure out, we'll start recording and, and we'll do it. And sure enough, I just started to help people as a side gig, uh, editing and producing podcasts. And the next thing I knew, the podcasting space blew up around me and I stopped looking for other work, stopped trying to get involved in everything else and just went, you know, feet first into podcast production. And now like, uh, you know, you are a consultant uh, for how long you've been, you've been uh, doing this. 
So I started independently at the beginning of 2015. So going on six years now. Six years, awesome. And, and the first podcast that I ever launched, the one for the radio station was 2007, early 2008. Most of the clients that I work with are, I'm gonna call them brands. So it's usually individuals, but they're doing it on behalf of their business. Many of the folks that I work with are financial advisors, financial consultants, lawyers, doctors. And so it's not exactly an individual venture, right? It's not just, I want a podcast right there. Doing this as a form of marketing for their business and brand. So I would say we're mostly focused on small businesses, brands, and companies. There's a few individuals that we get to work with, but I would say that's the majority of what we do. Awesome. So, I mean, again, the, uh, you know, I told you uh, briefly that, you know, the reason what, why, why we invited you, it's, uh, you know, we just recently launched this, uh, this podcast like last fall and it's an agency podcast, you know, it's just for an ad agency or coming from a, an advertising agency. And we wanted to do it more as a passion project. We didn't really have a purpose of like, well, what's the ultimate goal for this? But we wanted just to do it for the, you know, the sake of creation. And uh, we had to admit that uh, we had no idea what we were doing, right? <laughs> but we wanted to just uh, give it a try. We definitely wanted to be part of this medium and go into this adventure. So. Um, we consider our, ourselves beginners and uh, even though we already have like a, a first sort of uh, season with uh, around uh, eight episodes, uh, we still feel like uh, we don't understand where we are. Um, so I guess my question for you is that what, what are the things or what is the type of advice that you give for, uh, you know, uh, podcast beginners or people had no idea how podcasts work? You know, the big piece of advice that I'm usually giving folks is that the podcast, you can't just dive into this. You really need to have a strategy for why you're doing it. And it's, it's not just about why you're doing it, but right. Like whenever I'm having a first call with a client, my question is always, so why do you want a podcast? Who is your target audience? And after the person that we are talking about listens to your content, what is it that you want them to do next, right? We're asking people to, we're giving this content away for free, right? But we're asking people to invest time into checking out what it is that we do. And so my question is always, why are you gonna ask somebody to invest their time? And then when they're done listening, what is it you want them to do next? Well, that's interesting. It feels like that's probably uh, where <laughs> we sort of fall in because, I mean, we feel like we had something and, and we do like the idea of, uh, you know, the, the process and the idea of talking to people. Uh, we just don't have a grasp of the other side of the spectrum, which is the audience, because to be honest, we are in a tough spot because we are located in Germany and we're doing an English-speaking podcast. And, uh, you know, based on uh, some statistics, and uh, this is coming from uh, Statista.com, that actually states that around 80% of Germans don't really listen to podcasts. So, but we're not just all about uh, an ad agency, you know, located in Germany. We're part of a bigger um, global network. 
uh, from other agencies in Europe and also in the US as well. So we also reaching out to them, but it's not like we have a direct sort of uh, audience. So having that said, when we ask around our you know direct audience uh, and we ask them like, hey, do you listen to our podcast or uh, you know or how? Are you, are you aware of it? The usual answer is like, yeah, but I didn't listen to the whole thing or uh, oh, I'm not a, a podcast listener, but I like what you guys do. So that, that's the part that we feel that it's hard for us to get a concrete feedback when we don't really understand um, the listener. Well, the question is, are you determining who you want your listener to be or are you putting content out there and then letting the listener tell you who they are um right so if if you are kind of letting the tail wag the dog then yeah it's going to be very tough to get a good response and get a good picture of who it is you're talking to so again the question becomes why are you putting out this content is this to reach lots and lots of people on the hopes that you grow an audience then you can turn that audience into something that's profitable, ad sales, membership, whatever. Are you doing it because you just want to have good content out there? So if somebody looks for you and they say, oh, look at these guys, they also have a podcast. Wow, they sound great. Like I have more trust and more faith for them to handle my business in other ways because of the professionalism that they show in this venture. Um, Right. So, yeah, it's interesting because even though we we work for a commercial related platform, obviously we don't have any commercial intentions for this. Right. So I, I guess it goes to uh, I think the latter option that you mentioned about, uh, you know, I guess we're doing it for the content, so much for the audience or the commercial outcome, because I, I mean, I don't see ourselves making anything out of this, but, uh, you know, trying to at least create content. But again, we also care about an audience if there's one. I mean, it's funny because it's like, I'll tell you a number. You tell me what, what does that represent for us? I mean, again, you know, we just launched nine episodes and for Spotify, we just had like what, 63 subscribers. 262 streams and 151 listeners we don't know if that's really depressing or it's okay to start but but for us it's really hard to uh, compare ourselves with anyone else because we don't know how to compare ourselves with anyone else but what does that say about at least you know trying this and and, and understanding when we can go next so the number that always floats around for me is there's some report that says if you have more than 150 downloads of an episode within 30 days of release, you're doing better than 50% of the podcasters out there. So take that number with a grain of salt and apply it to your own metrics. That being said, I don't know how big your target audience is, right? If there's a thousand professionals who you're trying to reach and you're reaching 150 of them, that's not bad there's a million people in your target audience and you're only reaching 150, uh, something's not going out, something's not working. So it really isn't about what is the comparison of your audience compared to the total population, but what is the comparison of your listening audience to your actual potential audience of people who are actually going to get value and want to listen to your type of content, right? Even for the people that I produce for, 
you know, a lot of them are in a, a particular space and they always say, oh, did you enjoy the content? They're like, I don't know. I'm, it's your, ta- your content doesn't really target me. Like, I'm not your audience. Mm. And that's okay. But you have to know what is your potential audience and then are you getting a good penetration rate amongst them? And then amongst the people who you're talking to, are they engaging, right? If you ask them to email you with something, if you ask them to leave a rating and review, if you ask them to check out the website, right? Like, are you seeing engagement metrics that show that the people who are listening actually care or did they just, you know, oh, this is kind of related to me, so I'll check it out. But then after that, they didn't really do much that's useful for you. Have you seen any other, uh, or or do you have examples of some podcasts that, like you said, the ones that probably are, are not too uh, engage into the number of audiences, but rather the the content is, is there an example of something that is considered successful in this in this field? Or the, the only way to consider, you know, having a good podcast is the one about really having an effective engagement from, from an audience? I, I think there's lots of examples of success, but I'll, I'll give you an interesting anecdote. So a few years ago, I was at a podcasting conference and I sat down with a gentleman, his name is Glenn the Geek. He runs something called the Horse Radio Network of Podcasts. He has a, a main daily podcast called Horses in the Morning. And it's like a typical radio talk show, right? They talk about news, pop culture, but all of it kind of revolves around the world of horsing. And he was getting somewhere like 100,000 downloads, selling ads, made a living, doing great. But we were sitting there and talking. He told me his actually his most profitable show is a show that only caters to 600 people because it's all about carriage horse racing (laughs) and some of the folks listening are going i don't even know what that is and that's exactly the point not a lot of people know what carriage horse racing is but if you do there's not a lot of media for you right there's no espn of carriage horse racing there's no national radio network that is putting on content for this audience but if you're into that space this guy was creating one of the only pieces of legitimate content for you and more importantly creating one of the only targeted platforms for the advertisers trying to reach the small group of enthusiastic listeners so even though that's a smaller audience it was very successful so again it just goes back to knowing your audience knowing what your objective is and knowing if you're doing the things to make those two match up and meet up so that you can be effective. That's why so many people say that it's it's good to be in a niche in podcasting because if you have a well-defined niche, well, now you have a well-defined audience that you can monetize. The thing that drives me crazy is when somebody says to me, I really want to have a podcast, but I just don't know what to do it about. Like, then you don't need a podcast, right? Like you should know what you want to talk about. You should know what you're passionate about and then realize this is the right platform for that conversation. Um, but then for the other folks, what I would say is don't do it if you're not committed to it. So I would say don't look for a podcast for the sake of looking for a podcast. Look for a way to get your messaging out there. And if this platform makes sense to you, great. Dedicate yourself to it. Get yourself into a system where you can be consistent doing it and do it because you love it. If you're doing it and, you know, truthfully, you're just like, 
all right everyone here's the latest episode like i don't want to listen to that nobody wants to listen to that <laughs> right. so like yeah. if you're not gonna have fun behind the microphone like don't waste anybody's time nobody's gonna listen to you if you don't want to be there i don't want to listen to you be there so only do it if you really want to do it and if it makes sense for what you're trying to do right i mean it's funny that you said that it really gives me a better understanding of where we are at least uh you know thinking of the purpose because yes i mean we are driven for passion we love doing it we love the fact of uh you know interviewing people and all that uh sometimes we feel like i'm not sure uh you know based on the things that you mentioned uh we don't cover or we don't check those boxes as like do we have a commercial purpose no do we have a specific target audience with a specific uh theme in mind uh, not really but we do obviously do it uh for the sake of doing it but obviously I, I, i mean i mean i wonder if 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 it's just us playing to be podcasters or pretending to be podcasters and having fun with it i mean obviously you come from a very commercial uh purpose right because there's 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 a platform for it and you need something in return uh i mean i guess from ourselves we do like the idea of to contributing to culture but do you think that's something valid or do you think that's considered like a, a waste of time it depends on what your time is worth to you so i can't tell anybody in particular whether or not this is a worthy adventure whether or not it's a waste of their time unless i know what they get out of it and by the way you don't always have to get something financial out of it You don't ha only have to have a podcast because it's going to lead to more clients or customers or more business or more ad sales or more money. There are plenty of reasons to have a conversation behind a microphone that don't necessarily have to have a specific business impact. There are some people who use the podcast as a way to just stay connected to other folks, which you know and sometimes they get an audience and sometimes they don't so it, the question isn't what am i going to get out of this the question is if nobody listened to this would you still be bursting at the seams wanting to talk about what it is you want to talk about or would you still be curious that you want to interview the experts in your field right it's not always about you sharing what you know sometimes it's about a journey of discovery sometimes it's a journey about learning Sometimes it's just staying connected to people. One of the first podcasts I ever launched outside of my professional career was a buddy of mine who I used to do a podcast with at work, moved across the country, took another job. We did a podcast mostly so we could stay connected. So once a week, we would have a reason to talk for an hour and a half about stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. So, well, I'm glad that I could be of some assistance. If you're interested in starting a podcast and if you need help, you can reach Matthew at his website, thepodcastconsultant.com, or check out his link, our website, giveafuck.net. Give a fuck. So the one thing that we really need to know is to get to know our audience. And since no one's really giving us feedback at our website, I'm literally walking around the agency as we speak, and I'm walking with my and I'm walking with my microphone and I'm going to ask my coworkers, what are the things they want to listen in our podcast?
Uh, I guess I want to hear about people's failures and how they learn from it. And maybe even related to COVID, how they look forward from certain situations. Oh, I love to listen to Photoshop and to food. This is uh, the great, yes. I want to hear something about music. The internet trend of the day. Uh, I would really love to listen to some nasty stories. I like to listen to... Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anything about gossip. So after gathering enough engagement data from our primary audience, the old school style, we decided to react upon that and do a little experiment. And since they give us so many topics to explore, we decided to do a mini give a fuck episodes within this episode. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to Give a Fuck, a podcast exploring what matters in culture, media, advertising, and whatever else we feel like discussing. I want to hear something about pasta. Hi, I'm Sophie, and this is Give a Fuck with Flavor. And today we're going to learn how to make chicken parmesan pasta. Grab your skillet, grab your six ingredients, throw everything together and cook. That's all there is to this easy one-pot chicken parm pasta. It's amazing that you can make such a delicious dinner with so little work, but it's not too good to be true. Just make sure you have the following ingredients. Chicken breasts, cut into cubes. Italian dressing. Click for my homemade recipes or buy your favorite at the store. Rigatoni pasta. Marinara sauce. And of course, mozzarella cheese and parmesan cheese. Directions. Heat chicken and Italian dressing in large 12-inch skillet over medium-high heat. If you don't own a large skillet, you can also use a stock pot. Season chicken with salt and pepper to taste. Cook chicken until browned and just cook through, about 5 minutes depending on thickness of chicken. Add the box of pasta and the entire jar of marinara. Fill the empty marinara jar with water and add to the skillet. If using a stock pot, use 2 cups water. Lightly stir the mixture to combine. Bring mixture to a boil and then reduce to a simmer. Cover and cook for 15 minutes or until pasta is tender to your liking. Cover with grated parmesan and then shredded mozzarella. No need to stir. Continue to cook for 2-3 to three more minutes until cheese is fully melted. You can also broil the entire skillet for about 4 minutes to make the cheese extra melty. Top with chopped basil and serve. Enjoy! Give a fuck. I like listen to stuff about the universe. There are so many questions regarding the mysteries of space. But sometimes, we ignore to ask the simple question about the universe. Question that some people may not give a fuck about, but for others, it may be just another big mystery. Today, we are going to answer one simple question. Just how old is the universe actually. Hi, I am Jake, and welcome to Give a Fuck, The Last Frontier. Astronomers calculate the age of the universe by assuming that the Lambda CDM model accurately describes the evolution of the universe from a very uniform, hot, dense primordial state to its present state, and measuring the cosmological parameters which constitute the model. This model is well understood theoretically and supported by recent high-precision astronomical observations such as WMAP and Planck. 
Commonly, the set of observations fitted includes the cosmic microwave background anisotrophy, the brightness redshift relation for Taiba supernova, and large scale galaxy clustering, including the baryon acoustic oscillation feature. Other observations, such as the Hubble constant, the abundance of galaxy clusters, weak gravitational lensing, and globular cluster ages, are generally consistent with these, providing a check of the model but are less accurately measured at present. Assuming that the Lambda CDM model is correct, the measurements of the parameters using a variety of techniques by numerous experiments yield a best value of the age of the universe. In 2015, this was 13.799 plus minus 0.021 billion years. I am Jake, and thank you for listening to Give a Fuck. The Last Frontier. Give a fuck. History of advertising. Hi, I'm Sarah, and welcome to this Give a Fuck section called History Gives a Fact. As we are recording this episode in April, let's find out what happened this month in advertising history. In April of 1704, the first newspaper ad is published in the U.S. The Boston Newsletter publishes an advertisement looking for a buyer for a Long Island estate. And now let's fast forward in time when ads come to social media. Facebook launched its ad platform Beacon in 2007 and introduced Facebook ads for businesses and engagement ads. In April of 2016, advertising revenues on the platform reached 5.2 billion US dollars. All right, those are two interesting facts from History Gives a Fact. I'd like to listen about like the different recommendations about the city. Like I want to know more about the local life. Hi, I'm Sophie and today we're going to give a fuck about a quick city tour guide about Düsseldorf. The city of Düsseldorf in Germany is highly regarded as one of the country's leading university towns and an important center for art and fashion. This old electoral capital is also a city of wide streets lined by elegant shops with a ring of parks and gardens encircling its vibrant downtown area. Here are the top three things you can do in Düsseldorf. First up, Düsseldorf Kaiserswerth. Incorporated into the city in 1992, Düsseldorf Kaiserswerth is one of the city's oldest and poshest neighborhoods and it's a wonderful place to explore baroque buildings and a picture-perfect location on the Rhine. Be sure to allow plenty of time to wander its pleasant cobbled streets, popular among tourists for its traditional German shops selling food items and crafts. There are also a number of good art galleries here, including the Kaiserswerth Art Archive, Kunstarchiv Kaiserswerth, plus pleasant cafes and restaurants. Number 2. The Museum of Art, Museum Kunstpalast. The Museum of Art, Museum Kunstpalast, displays artwork dating from the 3rd century BC right up to the present day. Works include fine art, sculptures and drawings, in addition to more than 70,000 items of graphic art, photos and applied art. Highlights are a collection of glass by Helmut Hendrich and rare Italian Baroque works. The modern collection features Caravaggio, whose work laid the foundations of modern art, and works by Dali, Warhol, and members of the Düsseldorf School of Painting and Expressionism. The museum also offers theatrical performances and classic concerts, and guided tours are available. Number 3. The Rhine Tower. Rheinturm. 
Another landmark you'll want to include on your list of sightseeing opportunities in Düsseldorf is the Rheinturm, our Rhine Tower. Set in the midst of the city's harbor area, this 240-meter-tall telecommunications tower was constructed in 1981 and features an observation deck that offers superb views of the city. Give a fuck. Okay, so I would like to listen to a podcast um, to know how to date in Corona times. Do you feel you're losing your game when it comes to dating, especially during the pandemic? Hi, I'm Sarah, and today we're going to give a fuck about dating tips and keeping up a strong connection within a safe distance. Meeting new people during lockdown may suck, but you can also use this opportunity to meet that special someone under the most challenging situations, which test the real chemistry. Here are a couple of tips you may consider if you find someone worth exploring these challenges with. Number one, go on a grocery run. I know this is not ideal, but hear me out. Shopping may be a relaxing experience when you want to take a break from being stuck at home all day. And how about taking this break with someone you want to get to know better? Maybe there'll be a connection between the vegetable or the meat aisles. Or find out if your date is into oat milk or almond milk. Or why not try skipping the dairy section and heading straight to the wine aisle to see if you two are a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay couple. Whatever you do, just remember your limits and keep your hands to yourself. Nobody wants to do a cleanup on aisle five. Tip number two. If you've both been recently tested for COVID, you can start your date six feet apart, but the more you connect, the closer you get. Ask each other a series of personal questions where each matching answer allows you to get a foot closer. Tip number three. Give each other a room tour. Not ready to invite strangers into your home? That's smart but give each other a taste of who you are and the world you live in. Pretend you're a celebrity on MTV Cribs and share the things that represent who you are at home. Maybe your weird souvenir collection from your awesome trips around the world. Or show off your Tetris skills by the way you organize your closet. And of course, if you're comfortable enough with your date, don't forget to show where the magic happens. In the kitchen, right? Okay, I hope you find these tips helpful and whatever you do, wherever you are, stay safe. Until next time, keep giving a fuck. Give a fuck. So what did we learn from this? Why are we doing a podcast? Everybody has their own answer, their own purpose, their own goal. Some people just do it for networking or for a commercial purpose. Some people just do this as a job or for the sake of creative content. Or some people just do it because it's cool without caring how many listeners they reach. Some of them have very specific topics like horses, alternative realities, Pokemon characters, and yes, some people like to podcast about ventriloquists. That's right. And there's tons of them, literally 2 million podcasts out there. So, is it worth spending the time making the podcast? Well, if your goal isn't just to become famous or to reach a large audience, but instead, to enjoy the craft of sound production, content creation, and connecting with others with interviews or chats, then yes, it's fucking worth it. All right, and that's our episode. Thanks for giving a fucking listening. 
we'd like to give special thanks to our guest Matthew Passy. Please leave your comments and feedback at our website giveafuck.net. Once again, I'm Juan Leguizamon, and until next time, keep giving a fuck. Give a fuck. Music courtesy of epidemicsound.com.